You are listening to the Curtis King Podcast. Rappers and music producers, thank you. Thank you once again for joining me on the Curtis King Podcast. If this is your first time listening and or watching, just know that you can watch the video format of these on the YouTube channel, our YouTube channel, which is Curtis King TV. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, obviously you can listen to that <laughs> wherever you're listening to it right now, or you can listen to it on Apple Podcasts uh, and pretty much all the major distributors of the podcast. But that being said, I join you now uh, an episode later under some very, very different circumstances uh, much better circumstances. I'm not sure how many of you know me. How many? How many? <laughs> how many of you know me are are familiar with the different, I guess, Curtis Kings. I hate talking in third person. It sounds so cocky. But the different different versions of me uh, when I'm happy, when I'm up, uh, when I'm sad, when I'm down, when I'm feeling low. Uh, it goes through many different cycles, I feel like. I feel like I go through many different cycles. And it happens typically, I say, I say it's mostly related either to what's going on in my life financially, what's going on in my life personally, uh, sort of my own viewing of myself, me observing myself and looking at myself and saying, are you happy with where you're at? Uh, is there some things that you could be doing differently? Whatever the case may be. I found myself there the last time that we spoke within the podcast. And, you know, it it, it honestly, I, I look back and I was watching it. Ray showed me the video after you edited and I looked and I'm just like, man, I look so I didn't realize how down I was about sort of the idea of having to transition to a new profession, uh, or at least I thought so. And I had no idea really how much this home of mine that I, I love so much and I enjoy so much had become its own sort of, I guess for lack of a better term, prison. <laughs> prison in a sense that, no, it's not a prison. I mean, obviously, you know, if you've ever seen a prison, it's a lot smaller and it is a lot less enjoyable. The food is nowhere near as good. So this is not a prison, but it's more so, I guess, a prison of my mind within the confines of my home. Now, what does that mean? That means that I've been spending a lot of time with just my thoughts, spending a lot of time not really working on music, but spending a lot of time thinking about what the future holds, spending a lot of time thinking about just thinking. And uh, I think the last few weeks before I made my trip last week to Atlanta, I was really going through, I guess, my own ex existential crisis, trying to figure out, yo, what's going on with you? You know, it, what is the issue, if there's an issue at all? And I really could not pinpoint it. Every time I felt like I got closer to it or I actually figured it out, it helped me understand that I was just that far away. But the way life works um, for all of us is that, you know, when we, we choose to observe life instead of being impatient about what's coming next. We notice that life is a beautiful equation that is working its way out in front of our eyes. Remember that movie, Beautiful Mind, where the main character is seeing all the numbers kind of go in front of their eyes? To me, it's no different with your own life when you choose to observe it as everything is happening to your benefit, even if it doesn't seem like it in the moment. And I didn't understand that in the moment that what I was going through was a very necessary 
battle, a very necessary challenge in trying to figure out what truly makes me happy. How does it relate to my profession and how do I connect the two and still be able to take care of my responsibilities um, without, you know, going off the deep end as I've done before. I, I definitely have been known to burn down the whole damn bridge and just figure it out after that. We talked about that on the last podcast episode, but what a difference a freaking week makes. Maybe you can hear it in my voice. Maybe you can see it. If you're watching, maybe you can see it in my face, but uh, there's a lot more life in this man's face right now. A lot more in my voice, a lot more in my heart. And there's a few things that happened over the last week that uh, really gave me a need a much needed change of perspective, one being my trip to Atlanta. For those that, you, that don't know, I actually went to Atlanta to talk to two of the biggest podcasts in the producer community right now, Producer Grind Podcast and then uh, the Cymatics Podcast with Drew and Steven. The uh, Producer Grind Podcast was super dope. Uh, maybe I should just tell back to the actual Atlanta trip, man. It's my first time flying first class. I felt like I had been going through a whole lot, and I was like, man, I'm going to treat myself. Right? I was like, I'm going to treat myself. And I'm finna go on first class for the first time, see what this is all about, see if I can kick my feet up, see if, you know what I'm saying, I'll see if the food is a little bit different, see if the movies hit a little bit different. Maybe they got theirs in HD or something. I don't know. I was sitting there, and I was looking around. I was like, ain't much of a difference except for the leg room and the fact that ain't no crying babies next to you or nothing like that. But um, it was relaxing, to say the least. I took a red-eye flight, which... I don't know if I'll be doing that again, but I was already kind of sick. I had a cold that was uh, that I was kind of getting off of the tail end. Got on this red eye flight, left uh, California at ten fifty five, and then got to Atlanta at seven. So it's like <laughs> I never slept. I just woke up into the middle of somebody's rush hour traffic, and um, jumped off the plane, and immediately noticed there's a difference in the cold in California and in Atlanta. Atlanta, y'all, y'all know what it is. Y'all got that cold that touches your bones in a, in a weird way. It just kind of like chills you. And so that's the first thing I noticed as I was waiting for my Uber. I was definitely underdressed for the occasion, but I was excited about jumping into these podcasts. You know, even like I stayed at the W, which mm-hmm, fancy, fancy Curtis. I stayed at the W, and I, you know, I went in there. And uh, I saw the, the the traps they try to put you in, where they have all these nice candies and all these nice, you know, uh, 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 drinks and alcohol already laid out. And they put it in really, really teeny weeny writing that uh, they're going to charge your ass if you open up any of this stuff. And um, for sure, I went in there and started opening up stuff. And then I, as I was eating my M&Ms, I was like, oh, OK, so that's how much that's going to cost me. OK, I won't open up nothing else. And so. I had a cold or whatever, but I was excited. I guess not excited, but I was, um, I didn't go in with expectations. I, I really just wanted to share my journey, share my mindset. And what I had no idea was that the, the, the biggest gift wasn't going to be me being able to share these thoughts, but really the exchanges I had with people out there. You know, I went up to the podcast, the uh, Producer Grind podcast, and that was super dope. And that episode is actually out right now if you want to go check that out. Super dope podcast episode. We talked about so many different things that I know that they're typically not talking about on the podcast from mental health to 
fear to hesitation to digital minimalism, psychology, all that stuff that, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm getting trolled right now about it. I could care less, you know, but it, 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 we did that. And I'm glad, I'm so glad, uh, Dylan and all the, all the good gentlemen over there, man, they, they were really welcoming, really nice folks. And, uh, yeah, we did that interview. And then once again, I jumped back into that code. And then I went home, or not home, to the, uh, the the hotel. And the responsible thing would have been for me to stay my ass inside the hotel. But did I do it? Did I do it? No, I didn't do it. No, I didn't do it. I was like, I'm gonna go see what's up with the homie Epic because that's one of one of my my, my really good friends and and somebody I consider a, a brother and, and and a mentor in a lot of capacities. And I was like, you know, what, let me pull up on him. So I caught over. Pulled up on him. Before I pulled up on him, I was like, I could get some food. So I got some food. I had some shrimp and grits. Shrimp and grits. And I promise you this whole episode is not going to be me trying to like, like, like uh, flex. It's not no light flexes. I'm just telling you my experience. I had some shrimp and, shrimp and grits. Okay. It was delicious. Um, and then I messed up because I had a sore throat and I was thinking like, damn, I just did this podcast today. My throat is trash. Uh, by the time I get to the Cymatics podcast, I'm about to be, as you can see, my voice is still not a hundred percent, but I was like, and so I'm sitting there eating these shrimp and grits. And then I look up on, um, Google. This is when all problems start. I look up on Google, uh, home remedies for, uh, sore throat because all the CVSs and all that stuff was closed. And then I was like, okay, I couldn't find nothing for that that I had on me. So then it was like liquor. And I've heard like the, the uh, not the cliche, but the, what do they say? Um, you know, old folks be like, man, you, you take a shot of liquor, take a shot of liquor, and, and, and get rid of your sore throat just like that. And I was like, I really hope that works because I'd never tried it. And so I looked it up and most folks were uh, unanimous in deciding that whiskey was the the liquor of choice and so i took a shot of whiskey and then that was just the dumbest thing i could have ever did because i was not only had a sore throat but i was now sick and drunk <laughs> had one shot of whiskey did re- shout out to whatever bar that was next door to the w because they that's a mean ass whiskey i'm not a drinker like that but i know a mean ass whiskey that hit me in the, the damn face i was like mm. he was like is it good i was like yeah it's good it's fire. <laughs> you got any lozenges? And uh, I, I, I tried to gargle it. I tried to, to drink it. And I was just drunk. With Now I had, now I was drunk with a sore throat, with a cold, with a headache. And I was about to jump in an Uber. And I was figuring out, I think I get car sick. Because I'm never in the passenger seat. I'm never in the back seat. And I think I figured out on the way there, look, I think I'm getting car sick. So then I felt nauseous too. So then I finally pulled up on the homie Epic. We had some discussions about sort of uh, what I had been going through, you know, sort of my dark, dark period and my dark moment in my mind. And he said a lot of things that really resonated with me, Um, one of which being that I should not be uh, too comfortable with being content because I had this concept that I read about that said you will never attain happiness if you don't establish what the word enough means to you in your life. What is enough? Right. What is going to be enough money? What is going to be enough accomplishments? If you never decide what enough actually means, you're going to have this endless pursuit and endless battle trying to get to a destination that you never will get to. And so it's important that you have some kind of idea or capacity of what enough is. And, you know, I told him, you know, I was in a place where I was like, you know what, if I stop right here with the accomplishments and the things that I've done, 
I'm not mad, you know. But then he brought me back to speed and was like, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I, I hear you. And it's good that you are uh, grateful for what you have right now. But this is not the end of your journey, obviously. And don't let that stop you from pursuing where you ultimately want to get to. I let that sit in. I got back to the hotel, uh, knocked out, woke up the next morning. I was a hot, horrid mess. That alcohol had now turned into a migraine because I'm a lightweight. I had neck pain. I definitely had nausea that just increased. (laughs) Nausea went crazy then. I was like, yo, I'm finna be sick, sick. And so uh, my voice was trash. I was snotty. Call me snotty Pippin. I was terrible, right? And so I was like, you know what? I'm finna jump out here into these Atlanta streets and I'm finna walk to Walgreens. It was like only like a mile and 1.6 miles away. Yeah, only 1.6 miles away when you're at home. Not in... 35 degree weather. So I went outside and quickly went back inside and was like, I'm going to Uber my way to there. And so I Uber my way. And I, I love Atlanta. A lot of people in Atlanta. It's so, so nice. So such a, such a beautiful place to be. And so I went inside the Walgreens. The, the Uber driver, thankfully, said they'd wait for me. Went in there, got some nausea stuff, got some uh, Dayquil. I was just trying to do whatever I can to prepare myself for the Cymatics podcast because I just knew that was going to be something that was going to be pretty intense in terms of talking about marketing to the psychology. Really just uh, another aspect of the things that I'm really, really passionate about uh, that are aligned with my purpose. And so I took that stuff. I had some Excedrin. I got in the car. And I started feeling car sick again. So I was like, whatever. Got back up to my hotel room before I had to leave for the next podcast. And uh, I took the Excedrin, took the Dayquil, and took the nausea medicine. Boy, was I a dummy. I even drank some Gatorade thinking like, yeah, now I got electrolytes and I'm finna go in there. Right? I I, I even had some tea. Mm-hmm. I thought I was ready. Ready, boy. No, it wasn't. I jumped out there into that Uber and a um, gentleman picked me up really nice. He said this was uh, only his, I think, uh, his first year in the country. And so he had just started learning learning English. He sounded really good to me. And, and so we were just making general conversation. And, you know, when you try to keep your mind off of your ailments by having a conversation with somebody else, that was one of those times because I was sitting talking to him and he was telling me his whole life story. And all I could think about was, damn, I'm getting sicker. Oh, I'm getting like nausea. Oh, no, don't throw up in the car. That would be so embarrassing. Don't do it. Oh, don't do that. Oh, man, you're going to be like one of them drunk people that's on the news who'll be throwing up inside the Uber cars. Don't be that person. You're too grown for that. And um, he started talking, and then slowly but surely, he started sounding like one of the adults from the Charlie Brown show. And all I could see out there into the land of traffic was just cars and it started to get a little bit blurry and as we're starting to go through the freeway it started getting hotter i took my jacket off i was like oh man can you mind turning the heater off because he was like yeah cool cool and then it dawned on me i'm getting ready to throw up and sure enough i look at him and i say sir i genuinely genuinely apologize he said what what happened i said i'm getting ready to throw up and he said Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You, you okay? I said, yeah, I think I'll be fine. I just, I feel really bad uh, about the room. And then I just threw up. <laughs> I had a bag in front of me and I just threw up. And he was just like, it's all right, man. It's okay. It's okay. He even offered me gum. 
And I was like, man, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I, I'm not to give you too many details, but I threw up in a bag that was a little bit too thin. So little drips was getting on the couch. Okay, I'm, too many details. Little drips getting on the uh, seat. And I was like, I'm so sorry, man. I, I, I said, man, I'm going to make the tip worth your while. He was like, don't even worry about it. He was really kind. And, uh, yeah, so then I jumped out of there <laughs> with my throw-up bag and my computer and all that stuff, and I pulled up on the Cymatics podcast. And um, then I went in, and, and I had no idea. At first, I was so nervous. You'd be in your own head, so nervous about being sick on the podcast or making a fool out of yourself and whatever the case may be. I had no idea how important this uh, this podcast was going to be to me. And where I was at at that point in time mentally. Uh, so I went to the podcast and I met Steven. Uh, I met Drew. I met uh, another gentleman named Jordan. Super, super kind, warm folks. Uh, you know, they they offered me refreshments and all that good stuff. Made me really feel at home. Um, ha- got to meet some of the staff in there and just really good people all around. And so, you know, I, I was sitting there and I was still feeling a little bit queasy, but talking to them kind of kept my mind off of it, um, really giving them an insight into sort of uh, the way that I view things and the way that my business is set up. And, and Steven, man, he was so open about the way that he operates things with cymatics. And it was just surprising that somebody as successful as him uh, would be so open with, uh, you know, strategy and really just his advice to me. Mind you, this is, uh, you know, these individuals, Cymatics, uh, I'm sorry, not Cymatics, but Steven and Drew, um, you know, they paid them 10 racks for that that Gary V uh, consultation, the 4D consultation. It's actually on YouTube to go check it out. Like they they are about it. These dudes, man, I don't, I don't know what numbers they put out there, but they've had some pretty ridiculous sales days uh, within the um, the sound bank arena. And the name has always been ringing for a long time. I've obviously heard about them for a long time. But being there and actually seeing the headquarters, seeing how organized everything was, seeing how they literally had this, this whole entire section uh, dedicated to their business operations was so inspiring to see. And so... Eventually, we jumped into the podcast, and that was a great conversation. I uh, jumped out of the podcast, and I uh, had a long conversation with Stephen, a uh, long conversation with Jordan, and they just opened my mind up into a whole nother way of providing value, right? I've been providing value in my own way for so long, and uh, it, it has reached its own ceiling. And so they even, you know, brought the idea up to me about possibly getting into sound design. And it was something that I never quite knew how to do it, I guess, the right way. So it stopped me from doing it. Like I saw tutorials, but I was like, uh, the kicks don't really hit like the kicks that I get from people that I buy their packs. Uh, or the snares don't really snap or it sounds uh, whatever. And I will, I'll make all these excuses, but that conversation was so helpful. And I don't want to go into details because I actually want to do the things first and then come back to you guys with the evidence of how much of a of a game changing uh, career altering conversation that was. So grateful to Stephen, to to Drew, to Jordan for really having that conversation with me because it lit a fire. Excuse me, not a fire because fires burn out. Uh, it, it, It it lit me up with enthusiasm. And so I have, I came home or actually I eventually, 
you know, parted ways. And, and, and I, I ended up just kicking it. Like, we were supposed to do some kind of collaboration after the interview. We didn't even do that because we were talking for so long. So the general conversation was so good that it was just not about, okay, we got to do some more content. We got to do this. We got we to take advantage. We was like, we're going to see each other again. And um, we did, actually, within the, the, the same week uh, at their event that they had in Hawthorne, the Cymatics event, which was crazy. Uh, me and the homie, oh gosh, the oldest pulled up to that. And that was crazy to see so many producers in an environment where we're always seen as like reclusive and, and, and antisocial to see producers in there like drinking and had their arms around strangers and like, yo, what you use? Oh, you, you sausage man, throw them cars Like just seeing them like be that engaging, playing their beats and, and, and showing support to each other. Like it's something I've never seen before. And uh, they made it more of like a networking party event. And, and I think that it's super dope to see producers kind of get out of their comfort zone. See me get out of my comfort zone because I don't go nowhere. Uh, I pulled up there, but it was so dope. But Rewind got on the plane. I was even sicker than I had been before. Got home and I just literally tried to, uh, well, actually... Uh, in the hotel that night, I actually wrote in my journal as much as I could remember from the conversation. And I, I, I flew home, saw my wife, missed my wife, kissed her, kissed my baby, kissed my young boy, Nas. Then I got home and I told her, I said, you know, I'm, I'm back and I'm better than ever. And um, really ready to go back into social media, go back into the YouTube, go back into all aspects that represent me and make sure that if you look at my brand as an ecosystem, no matter what part of it you're attached to, whether it's this podcast, whether it's the free download that I dropped at the 2020powerpack.com, go check that out. Whatever it is, you associate value with that. And not to say it wasn't like that before, but I'm just in a better headspace to push it forward and not be so um, hesitant and, and, and so consumed by the drug that is social media. The problem with social media is... When you go from being the drug dealing influencer to the junkie consumer, <laughs> not to call anybody out there a junkie consumer who consumes my stuff, but um, there are people who literally live on these social medias and uh, they're a reflection of all the, the gumbo pot of negativity that they have tasted. And that's not healthy. It's not healthy for anybody. But if you go into this situation saying, all right, social media is a, a drug. And I'm going in there as a dealer. I'm not going in there as a user. Uh, I think you have a healthier relationship with it. That's probably the most unhealthy thing that I've ever said, but it's a, it's a healthier relationship that I have now with it. And so I'm back with my content. I'm back posting up uh, the stuff that needs to be posted. But it's just, uh, it's a good, it's a really good time right now in my headspace, physically, mentally. Um, and as if that wasn't enough, right? I came home. I was in another headspace. I feel good. Then I talked to my therapist for the second time. Yes, I have a therapist. I have a therapist that I've been talking through an app called BetterHelp. Uh, it, for those of you that are afraid of therapy, for those of you that are hesitant about it or don't want to go in and talk to somebody, you can talk to a therapist literally from your phone like you're on FaceTime um, using this app called BetterHelp. But shout out to my therapist because she's helping me really unpack a lot of the 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 mental injuries that I've inflicted on myself over the years of, uh, you know, just living <laughs> and doing what I do. And so one of the things she helped me understand, because I, I told her how, how, how happier 
I was and how much a better headspace I was since the last time I talked to her. And she was like, that's good. That's good. Have you been meditating? And I was like, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I kind of fell off when I went to Atlanta because the the I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. I think I was averaging like three hours and 30 minutes of sleep because I, I track it on my Fitbit. <laughs> you so old. Okay, boomer. Um, but <laughs> don't be laughing, right? Uh, but yeah, like I, 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 I said, no, I haven't been meditating like I should have. I know I'm bad for that. I know I'm sorry. She said, I'm telling you this is the missing piece. And then she says something that I never heard anybody say about meditation that really, really unlocked another part of my brain. She said that meditation is strength training for the inactive mind. I had never heard anybody say that. And when I thought about it, I was like, and she brought the example up. Have you ever got an injury? Like most of the injuries we get as human beings don't happen when we're being athletic or being super badasses. Like we're not scaling buildings and, and, and saving cats and kids. That's not when we get our injuries. We get them from when we sat down too long and we get up too fast, right? Or, you know, typing and all of a sudden we got a wrist injury that just won't go away and it really hurts. But you don't want to tell people like, yo, bro, how you how you hurt your, hurt your wrist, man? Was you shooting guns or was you what was you doing, man? Was you like lifting the couch? Nah, I was uh, I was pushing too hard on the inner key. There's <laughs> nothing glamorous about that. And those injuries happen when your body is in is inactive. Okay, follow me. If those injuries happen when your body is inactive, how do you solve those or prevent them from happening in the future? You get your body active. You go exercise. You go do what they call strength training in the fitness arena. So how do you do fitness training for the mind so that when it goes inactive and injuries such as, follow me, anxiety, panic attacks occur, that you're prepared and you can prevent it. Meditation. Instead of counting your reps like you would in the gym with a, a dumbbell, right, one at a time, you're not counting reps within meditation. You're focusing on breaths, and those are your reps. So literally every time I'm breathing in, and exhaling throughout the mouth, and then I'm focusing solely on my breathing. Every time that I stop my mind from going off the deep end and I bring it back to focusing on my breath, that is a quality rep, and I'm getting stronger. I always thought about meditation as something that had like really soft features, like a fur jacket or something. Like it's like, like oh, you know, so you know, just gotta be quiet. And then I just I didn't see the strength. In meditation. And her saying that really helped me understand that. And so, uh, Ray, would you mind handing me that that uh that black mask right there? Uh it's right next to, to my headphones. Yeah. That black mask. So thank you, Ray. You got like uh four minutes. You all good. Okay. So let me restart it. Okay. So Ray just handed me this right here, which is the silent mode eye mask plus music. I don't even know what you call it. It's kind of, it's kind of like headphones for your eyes. Okay. Um, you put this over your face, over your eyes, right? And you can you wear it when you go to sleep or you can wear it when you meditate like I do in the morning. They even have it to where it's taking, you could take power naps with this thing. Yo, this thing is the absolute truth. I saw it on IG and I was like... This is going to be one of them ads is never going to go away. And then I kept doing more research on it. And I actually eventually, I actually got it. 
and I bought it before my trip, hoping to get it for my trip, but it's all good. It came here after. Um, but shout out to Silent Mode, man, because uh, this has been helping my meditation so much easier. The inside of it, and this is not a sponsor. I'm just telling you the details, family. Uh, it's really super soft, so it, it fits well over your head. I had to get the XL version because I got a big-ass head, <laughs> but I had an XL version. And um, literally, it hooks up to Bluetooth on your phone, and um, it has meditation music and even a meditation assistant, guided meditations within it. They even have like a, a a sleep mode, which I do every night when I go to sleep. They even have a um, nap mode or a power nap mode, and then a relaxation and a meditation mode. And the crazy thing about this, the thing that's been really helping me with this is the fact that no matter what time of the day it is, when I put this on, it's 100% black. It, it's, it's depriving of all light. So literally it's like being a deprivation tank. That has helped me so much and focusing on my breathing focusing on the fact that every time i do stop my mind from going crazy that is preparation that is the muscle preparation for when anxiety comes because when you think about it anxiety comes in the inactive moments of your mind when your mind is just like yeah you ain't even thinking about nothing all of a sudden it's like am i gonna die what <laughs> the hell did you come from thought uh and that is how you exercise. And so I have been exercising uh, the last few days since I've been back from my trip. And it has been amazing. Back to my walks in the morning. Uh, back to journaling. Uh, back to all the things that, you know, I, I know this probably producers in the community that are just like, mm, I don't, I don't what, what she did that for. And somebody called me on the producer grind podcast. He said, yo, Neil Degrassi built head, head ass. That was hilarious. Um but yeah, I think that man's bigger than me. And it's that Glenn baby. They always got somebody to talk about me with. I'm, I'm too nice for that. Stop that. Um, but yeah, those things have helped me. And this is why I'm in such a better place. Uh, it feels amazing to be able to articulate this because I could not see this within a week. So I want to end you. I want to end with this. Don't let temporary feelings make you make permanent decisions. I was so ready to make a permanent decision to let go of music. That would have been a terrible decision because when I came home, I bought a Zoom microphone. Is it up here? No, I got it. In, it's in the closet. Um, I bought the Zoom microphone, put it in my iPhone, and I've been recording sounds around the house. Uh, I've been taking taking lessons from my brother, oh gosh, Leotis. I, I copped the DCAP master class about sound design. I've been sound designing my ass off and I'm getting ready to be dropping so many free kits for you guys. Uh, the producers in there that are listening, I, I'm, I'm here to provide even more value than before. My mission is nowhere near done within this capacity, within this space. And um, I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful for those of you that are listening. I'm so grateful for those of you that um, really take my words seriously. And you understand that I'm coming from a place of love and, and it's never to tell you what to do or, or tell you how to. I'm just literally telling you from my own experience in the most transparent way how these things have helped me in hopes that it could plant a seed within you and then that you'll share it with somebody else. But don't let temporary feelings make you make permanent decisions. Right. Everything changed for me within a week. It's amazing to think about it. So, 
that music means that we're here at the end. It kind of snuck up on me. <laughs> you heard that? It kind of snuck up on me. That's cool. That's cute. Adobe Audition. But uh, this is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Once again, if this is your first time listening, uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Let somebody know about it. Right? Share your favorite quote on Twitter with me, and I'll retweet that. Or share it in the Insta story. I'll Insta re-story that. <laughs> but... At the end of the day, you never know what life is going to bring you. Please hold strong, my friends. Please hold strong. Once again, you've been listening to the Curtis King Podcast. In this life, you will not be full of life until you decide that life to its fullest. Y'all have a good one. Peace.